the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Bill Bunkley Show. This is Patriots Day, September 11th, 2019. It sounds uh, just absolutely uh, unbelievable that 18 years have passed since we have had uh, the World Trade Center being attacked by the terrorist. In addition to that, we have um, the, um, the plane that went down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the plane that hit the Pentagon, and so... With uh, all of what we're doing, we got a little, my laptop is not cooperating right now, but it will right now. There we go. I kept hearing somebody talking to me and nothing was working. Anyway, let's start all over. Welcome. This is Patriots Day here on the Bill Bunkley Show, and we are ready to get started. And uh, we're going to have a special day for you because um, today that we are honoring and uh, taking a look back 18 years ago today, Again, the very moving ceremony at the base of the World Tower today, which was the World Trade Center, the reading of the names. And I was thinking that, wow, if you were like uh, 17 years old, you're graduating high school, you weren't even aware. It's like reading a history book. And that seems odd to me because one of my special guests, we were just three of us were sharing that it just seems like it was yesterday. So here's what we're going to do. Here's my question for you today. Where were you on the morning of 9-11? What were you doing on the morning of 9-11-2001? And then when did you hear that something very wrong may have happened uh, in the skies over New York, Pennsylvania, and the District of Columbia? And do you remember back to your day? Of remembrance. Well, we're going to do that from two different perspectives. We're going to be looking at the president's trip. He was here in Florida. He overnighted in the um, Colony Bay Club down on the Gulf of Mexico, and that has uh, been demolished since then, sadly. And he was overnighting on an education trip, he being the president of the United States, uh, George Bush. And then we're going to also be relating to uh, a firefighter, a captain in the fire service, who was involved from almost the very beginning of the impact of the planes at the World Trade Center. Joining me today, uh, Mark Proctor is with us. And Mark and I, Miss Tony, some others, we um, happen to have assisted on that trip to Sarasota. We actually went down on September the 10th and uh, overnighted at the Colony Bay Club because the morning was going to be a very early morning, and we were providing services uh, for the presidential motorcade in support of White House Advance. So, Mark, it's good to have you with us. Yeah, glad to be here, Bill. 
And then a very familiar voice uh, who last night had a very special program as we just got into the day with uh, others that were personally on scene for that tragedy. Uh, Captain Matt Bruce is with us uh, with the Captain's America Third Watch. He's on air on our answer stations here locally from 2 to 6. He's with us because he was a fire captain at the time of 9-11, and uh, we're going to go through his morning, our morning, and uh, I think you're going to find some of the things we're going to be sharing about our our eyewitness testimony to things unhappening. So, Captain Matt, it's good to have you with us. Good afternoon, Bill. I wouldn't know that you were affiliated with the floor, with the fire department in New York. I'm, if I, I'm wearing if I my colors today. <laughs> yes, you are. We're glad and proud that you are. So let's get things started. And that is uh, Mark Proctor, first of all, uh, wasn't the first rodeo for helping out on presidential events yeah. and doing advance. And you and I are kind of getting up there in years, but we've shared those experiences yeah. together. Uh, talk a little bit about the night before, because when we went there, uh, Mrs. Bunkley was with us, uh, too. We right. shared that together. But um, we went over to grab a bite to eat. We were invited to come eat over at the restaurant, right. and it was an interesting. Uh, there were two dinners going on that yeah. night, so talk about that. Well, there was a private room, and in the private room was Governor Jeb Bush, who was the president's brother, and, uh, you know, Bob Martinez and some of the big heavyweights within the Republican Party. And I want to say 12 to 15 in that in that particular room. And then we were all in the, the kind of the regular dining room uh, having a meal. So we got a chance to go in and talk to them. And I, and I got to tell you a story, which is I've told this story before, but it was interesting. Jeb Bush is there and I uh, he had a, a Florida pin cross with the U.S. flag. Pin, Florida flag, U.S. And I said, I really like that pin. And he took it off and gave it to me. To this day, I still carry that with me. Anytime I'm wearing a suit, I have that pin on. In fact, he was here about five years ago, and he said, man, that's a great-looking pin. I said, you remember you gave it to me? He said, yeah. I've had that pin for 18, year, 18 years in one day because it was just the memory of that right. particular thing. Right. But, uh, that, yeah, that was fascinating. And then, uh, then uh, Governor left the next day, and Lieutenant Governor Brogan stayed on for the event. What I remember that night is that the room that they were in actually had glass. Yes. It wasn't a solid yeah, wall. Yeah. So as we're sitting there, and we're kind of You can look in there. Well, and they're kind of, Jeb's kind of looking out, and, and we're waving, waving other, yeah. and kind of doing the thumbs up and everything. And uh, just one thing I want to throw in was uh, what was sort of textbook uh, from the Bush family. When they got done... Uh, they obviously, we were kind of hanging, and then when, when they got done to come out, we were all going to yeah. just kind of chat a little bit, you know, out there uh, in in the breezeway uh, inside the restaurant. And so President Bush, uh, I think, talked to the manager of the night, and he had all of the employees yep. line up. Remember that? That's correct. He went, in uh, the kitchen. He the went kitchen. down, all the kitchen staff, the servers. And as all of us uh, witnessed, he just went down the line shaking everybody's hand and thanking them for that. So, And then we, we, we turned in. Now, However, I'm, we were told to be up at 3 in the morning because the president was going jogging. Some of us. Yeah. Well, I was some one of, of the ones that did it. <laughs> well, I... I uh, <laughs> I missed that part of the grand <laughs> affair. We had a lot of folks that were helping. Right. And as I recall, we had some folks that uh, would have been their first rodeo. They're kind of yep. like the rookies. Yep. 
So I made an executive decision that, you know what, some of these people really need to have that experience. So you all go ahead and do the pre-event, (laughs) pre-event, and when we get ready to load up uh, to head on over to Booker, uh, I'll be there. Now, as I recall, tell the story because sometimes there's disinformation. Uh, I think the press and many people, uh, George, like to jog, and they put the word out that he's going to be jogging the beach. But uh, what really happened? Well, first of all, the red tide was in full bloom. And I remember getting up that you couldn't even breathe. You're right. I forgot about that. Oh, man. I, I could, it was just your lungs were, were incapacitated. And I'm going, how's this guy jogging? So, anyway, he went out and kind of. Did the golf course. Yeah. Kind of ran around the golf course a little bit. And you guys were riding around in a motorcade. No, no right? yeah. We were just there standing back to see, <laughs> see what would happen. But i got to tell you an interesting thing that happened that day. And you may remember this. Insignificant, somewhat insignificant at the time. But. We're getting the motorcade formed up, and the driver of one of the vans calls me over. He says, look what I found. And I'm telling you this, swear to God, this is the truth. He, it was a uh, box cutter knife. And I said, what, where'd that come? He said, who do you have in here? He said, oh, I picked up the press. So it was probably an innocent thing. The press had had arrived, and they had something. They had to do a yeah, box cutter knife. The Secret Service goes over well, no. all so what? Stuff. So what happened was, called the Secret Service, and they took that, and they impounded it, you know, to keep it. But I'm... A few hours later, a box cutter knife meant a lot. And I'll tell you, my mind was oh, just yeah. whirling at that point because I was like, wow, yeah. too much of a coincidence. All right, you've got the schedule there. Mark, yeah. Mark's brought some memorabilia, but uh, pull the schedule yep. out. And uh, he actually has the schedule. I believe there were only seven copies that day uh, because they don't really pass everything out to all the press. Uh, and actually, he had the president, as in President Bush, sign it at a later date. The, the original's in a safety deposit box. <laughs> but uh, what I want to get at, what time did we load up? What time was the load-up time at the Colony Bay, and what time were we scheduled to okay. pull out? So here's the timeline. Uh, and again, this is what they call a line-by-line of what is anticipating to happen. 8.25, the president departs the suite and proceeds to the vehicle. At 8.30, the president boards the vehicle and departs the Colony Beach Resort en route to Emma E. Booker Elementary. All right. I want you to keep that timeline in your mind. We're going to come back to 8.30 in the morning. I want to go to Captain Bruce. Um, The morning, typical September morning. In fact, I was just listening to some of the national newscasts before the event. It's a beautiful day in New York, beautiful day in Washington. What were you doing at 8.30 the morning of 9-11? Well, I was in a fire tower at uh, Station 27 in Brooklyn. Uh, It was the fire tower, five-story fire tower. I was scheduled to uh, be an initial fire uh, attack instructor, which is part of what I did as a New York State fire training instructor on loan to the fire department of New York. And we had a bunch of their probationary firefighters. There were 40 of them with us, and there were 11 full-timers with us that had to recertify and I was the instructor, and I had my lieutenant with me that um, was my liaison that was working with me. And I was in the middle of a fire that was as tall as this room, if not taller, fully immersed. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody grabbed me by the back of the uh, helmet and, and the, the, fire, the tank and yanked me out the door and says, pack up your stuff, we're going. I said, what do you mean we're going? He says, look. And I looked off to my left shoulder off the stair, stair uh, railing I was on, and right over here was the World Trade Center on fire. And I, I just looked at it, and I said, airplane? And my second-in-command says, yep. So we got everything packed, and 
What I didn't know is they were going to send all the probationaries with you. So, so we had our heavy rescue with 11 of our guys in it. I was the officer on the truck, and then we had the bus behind us with the 40 probies in it. And down the BQE we went to stage at the Manhattan Tunnel. And uh, when we got to the man, before we got to the Manhattan Tunnel, I actually saw the second plane come down and strike the second tower. And when it did, I got on my radio, and for some reason, I went, my God, we're at war. All right, let me give you the timeline now. What we're going to do is we're going to go back to Sarasota as he is standing by at the tunnel. Let me give you some timelines. We're going to pick it up at 8.30 as the president is departing from from the resort. Now, at 8.46 is the time that the first airplane actually went into the World Trade Center. And it was moments after that, and to kind of give you a little idea of what's happening, when you see a presidential motorcade, uh, you'll see you'll see the black, you'll see what we call the war wagon, and you'll see the, the black suburbans that you know are part of what they call the package. Then you'll see more civilian-type things where it's vans and other vehicles that are part of the official party. But WACA, which is White House Communications, what they'll do is – uh, for every vehicle that's in the motorcade, they will put a radio. It's White House communication so that everybody, if there's a need to have a discussion with anybody, everybody in the entire package of the advance uh, that's moving is there. So uh, I remember we, it seems to me, we're about three to six blocks out of maybe a little longer from Booker Elementary. And uh, Representative for Condoleezza Rice called and said, uh, need to talk to the president's stat. And they're going to take a break, but uh, the president received the call about the first airplane in the motorcade. Go ahead. So according to quickly, the quickly, quickly. No, according to the schedule, we departed eight twenty. Arrival time was scheduled for eight fifty. So it was right at that right in between. It was just a couple of blocks yeah. out. And if you remember, we stayed in the car for uh, a minute or two because the president didn't go right in. We now know from the timeline he was on the phone. So we're going to come back. When he arrives, he knows that a plane's been hit. But they think it's maybe a Cessna. They're not really up to speed on what the plane was. When we'll come back, we'll pick it up. More of the Bill Bunkley Show with Captain Matt Bruce and Mark Proctor. 9-11, the way we remembered it. We'll be right back. Here at Faith Talk, we are always amazed at what God does at our annual Pastors Appreciation Day event. Spirits are refreshed through fellowship and encouragement. 2019's event will be the best ever, and Pastor, we want you to experience it. So save the date, October 17th, for Pastors Appreciation Day at Armature Works in Tampa with keynote speaker Philip DeCourcy, an amazing meal, a vacation getaway giveaway, and so much more. Last year, the room was full. So reserve your seat today at letstalkfaith.com. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, US, and 52 weeks, 714.90 by UPC, MLDO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. People ask me why I trust Amberin for my menopause symptom relief. And I say three reasons. One, Amberin is not a drug. Two, Amberin is 100% estrogen-free. And that means not even plant estrogens. And three, most importantly, Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin was the first and only menopause relief supplement that helped me manage all my menopause symptoms, not just my hot flashes and night sweats. 
but my sleeplessness and fatigue. Thanks to Amberin, my energy is back and I feel like my active self again. No wonder Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. Available at your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores. Listen to Faith Talk weekday mornings at 8 for Alan Jackson, Senior Pastor of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. See, if you're going to choose a guy, I would submit you want to choose the most powerful. Don't just go along with the crowd. Don't plead ignorance. Look in Jeremiah 32. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I'm the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Alan Jackson Ministries, weekday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley with the Bill Bunkley Show. This is Patriot Day, and we are paying our respects to the tragedy of 18 years ago, and I'm talking about the attack of America on 9-11. I'm going to ask you a question if you're just with us. Where were you at the morning of 9-11? What were you doing? When did you find out? What was your reaction? Well, today we've got a special remembrance as uh, myself and two of my guests. Uh, well, we have a little bit of a, of a unique story about where we were at and what role that we played or didn't play into uh, small roles, by the way, minuscule roles. But nonetheless, eyewitness uh, testimony that we wanted to share with you today. Joining me in studio is Mark Proctor. Mark Proctor, myself, Mrs. Bunkley, uh, a handful of other folks. We were uh, assisting, working on the White House detail for the motorcade for the president's visit to Florida, talking about education. And then Captain Matt Bruce, uh, who is host of the Captain's America Third Watch. He's uh, overnight from uh, 2 to 6 on our answer stations and a gazillion more. You just got to Google them to find out. Um, Captain Matt, if you're just joining us at the time, was an instructor captain with uh, the fire department there in New York. And we're picking up the timeline right now at about 846 in the morning. So what were you doing, you know, just about a quarter till nine? Because at 846, that's when the first plane of the multiple planes used to attack our, our country slammed into the South Tower. South Tower was the first tower. Now. Let's take it up to 9.03. Uh, by this time at 9.03, uh, Captain Matt has got his crew and some trainees, and they're, they're staging with the uh, uh, New York Fire Department at the Manhattan Tunnel. And we're going to get back to him uh, in just a moment about when he starts moving in. For us down here with the president uh, in Sarasota, we arrived at Colony Bay Club, and uh, the president stayed in his car in the motorcade, a few vehicles up from where I was uh, positioned in the motorcade, uh, delayed in the car. That's when he took the call, I believe, from Condoleezza Rice saying that we had, uh, you know, a plane or something has gone into the first tower. He gets out of the car. He goes into the function. Andy Card was with him, and um, from nine oh three, excuse me, from eight forty six, I should say, is when the first tower was hit. The second tower was hit at about nine oh three. Interesting story, though. Once we pulled up at eight forty six, we held in our car, and then the president finally went in. And um, at that point, uh, it occurred to me, I uh, got out of my vehicle. First of all, I, I dialed in one of our. Back then, probably the only news, news station, station yeah. uh, and I'll just tell you, it was WFLA, 
and uh, uh, hooked in with FLA AM, turned the radio in my vehicle in the motorcade up full blast. I got out, and I yelled, everybody to come over. Let's see. if It must be something happening. So as we were standing yeah. there, we actually heard the live ABC radio broadcast, and the broadcaster was saying, well, we're doing – Oh my God! Oh my! Oh my God! There's a second. A second jetliner has just slammed into the North Tower, and now all of us are like looking at each other because we, our level, we would not know yet what was happening, and I mean we were just stunned. And so about a minute or two after that, Mark, the, the radios went off, yeah. and once you pick it up from there, because. Andy Card then went in, and the president was told before he actually went in to speak to the people. Right, he went into the what they call the the hold hold room, uh, kind of sit the green down room, homey room, hold, yeah, hold where they kind of hold and 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 kind of briefed him and let him know what was going on. So he knew he was fully aware when he walked out, but he didn't react. Now, what we were doing in the meantime, which is another side part of this, because we knew something was going on. We we're working with the Secret Service. What do we do with the motorcade? And we All talked about we had some contingencies that we might split the secure package. The president may go one, and the rest of the, us will go the other way, and all kinds of contingencies. The one thing that did happen is Jim Williams with, with Rod Page, who was the Secretary of Education. He was in the line of succession, and they took him and put him in a secure location. We kept the motorcade together. We can talk about that later, but that's what we were doing. In, in our, our package, uh, it was all rearranged right. because it was a stat return to the airport yep. because there were now threats coming in about Air Force One. So we ended up with the package yep. flying. Well, we'll get to that in a moment, flying back to um, uh, the airport, Sarasota Airport. So now we're at about um, 9.03. Now, I want to remind you, most of you probably remember the tape where President Bush is sitting on the platform with the children behind him. Andy Card comes into the frame from the left-hand side, whispers in the president's ear. You see his eyes sort of like, you know, just react. I want to make it clear. That was Andy Card telling him about the second jetliner uh, coming in, not the first. That was the second. And so now the president is sitting there, and and let me just say that when you got a lot of little kids and a lot of things happening, how are you going to say what you're going to say? Well, let's take a step back in history, and uh, we're now going to take you back to Booker Elementary. Uh, you're going to be hearing some clapping. That's when the president entered in back into the room. With the audience not knowing what's going on. With the audience not going on. And here's how he addressed students, teachers, Secretary Page, others at Booker. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a difficult moment for America. I, um, unfortunately, will be going back to Washington after my remarks. Secretary Rod Pace and Lieutenant Governor will take the podium and discuss education. I do want to thank the folks here at, uh, at the Booker Elementary School for their hospitality. Uh, today, we've had a national tragedy. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. I have spoken to the Vice President, to the Governor of New York, to the Director of the FBI, and have ordered that the full resources of the federal government 
Mexico to help the victims and their families and, the, and to conduct a full-scale investigation to hunt down and to find those folks who committed this act. Terrorism against our nation will not stand. And now if you join me in a moment of silence. May God bless the victims, their families, and America. Thank you very much. And that was the president. And uh, after the break, we're going to be uh, coming back with uh, Captain Matt Bruce to pick up his timeline. I can tell you that the president came out, the motorcade was rearranged, and I'm just going to tell you this, we were off to the races. When we come back, let me give you the timeline. It's about 9.03. That's when a second plane hit the tower. By then, Captain Matt Bruce is at the Manhattan Tunnel, saw the second plane go into the building. Now, between that and the South Tower, uh, about an hour later, at 9.59, the South Tower imploded. And at 1028, the North Tower then imploded. So as the president is uh, racing back to Air Force One, we're going to set that story aside. We'll come back and pick it up with Captain Matt Bruce at uh, 846, the second one going in. And we know that at 959, he's seeing the tower come down. Don't go away. Compelling eyewitness testimony from Captain Matt Bruce, Mark Proctor, and yours truly coming up in just a moment. Don't go away. We'll be back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. On this day of 9-11 remembrance, Vice President Mike Pence is crediting the crew and passengers who fought back against hijackers with protecting the U.S. The Vice President spoke at the commemoration today of the hijack flight 93 in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Ceremonies also at Ground Zero and at the Pentagon on this 18th anniversary. Nearly half the states and some 2,000 local governments have agreed to a tentative settlement with Oxycontin maker Purdue Pharma over the toll of the nation's opioid crisis. Purdue will pay up to $12 billion over time, and the Sackler family will give up control of the company. President Trump says his administration will propose banning thousands of flavors used in e-cigarettes. The government will develop guidelines to remove all e-cigarette flavors from the market except tobacco. Stocks finishing higher. The Dow picked up 228 points. The Nasdaq ahead 86. This is SRN News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50+, Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765. Here's a piece of humorous advice that I would not recommend following. The advice says don't get upset if your neighbor plays a stereo at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
Just call him at four and tell him how much you enjoyed it. Now that's an example of the flawed philosophy of the world that says, don't get mad, get even. The Bible puts that philosophy this way. Don't get mad or try to get even. Let God settle the accounts in his time and his way. If you've been wronged, I recommend God's strategy rather than the world's. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's promises to those who have been wronged on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today. What if all the kids in Florida's foster care system had to wait no more? Pastors, church, and community leaders, don't miss the free Wait No More Luncheon, Wednesday, September 25th at Armature Works, with Focus on the Family President, Jim Daly. Jim will unveil plans for a special statewide event next March to move the church to take the lead in foster care, adopting from foster care, and supporting those that do. Pastors, church, and community leaders, you're invited to Focus on the Family's free Wait No More Luncheon with Jim Daly. Details at letstalkfaith.com. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley along with Mark Proctor and Captain Matt Bruce. If you're just joining us, um, we are sharing about our eyewitness recollections, both uh, on the ground in New York uh, with the New York Fire Department. That would be Captain Matt Bruce and uh, Mark and I course working the presidential detail of the presidential visit to sarasota uh, that uh, infamous day of 9 11 and we have marched the timeline up to uh, the point of uh, uh, the second plane going into the world trade center we're going to go back to new york before we rejoin the motorcade uh, that's going to be racing back to the sarasota airport so uh, Captain Matt Bruce, uh, you were staging there at the Manhattan Tunnel. About 9.03, the second plane goes in. What happened in your timeline from that point forward? We then were ordered to take our heavy rescue with all the equipment we had on it, load everybody in we could on the running boards, on the roof, whatever, and get into uh, the, the towers, to the South Tower as soon as we could, uh, number one. That's where we were assigned to go originally. We only got as far as Tower 2 because there was so much traffic it was blocking. We had to take everything off our truck and carry it with us, and I mean everything, everything we had in the truck. And my job was to make sure we got it all off the truck and got it in there. My second-in-command took the guys up to Tower Number 1, and they were already starting to climb up the stairs as I was coming out of uh, the truck and headed into the tower to find out what it is that they wanted us to do. Um, they told us, just start climbing, and uh, it was taking about an hour to go 25 flights of stairs. That's how long it was taking to try to get up, and none of the elevators were working. We did have some guys that were already up there, some people that were off duty and whatnot. We had a fire marshal up there. We had a battalion chief that came in with his car and got upstairs right away before um, the second plane hit the tower and all that. And uh, uh, when we were able finally to get in and start get moving our equipment around, and we had to go by people in the street, but... When you deal in triage, Bill, 
you have to leave the worst of the worst that are dead or dying and take care of the ones you can take care of. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to do because it puts you, you feel like, you know, you want to do something, but you can't. There's so many people. And we knew we had twenty-five or 30,000 people in those towers, and we had to get them out. And by God, we did. Our guys got them out. We got them out. Hmm. On that day, Captain, um, two things. Uh, 343 firefighters were killed in the line of duty at the Trade Center. Now we've got 20 or 30 more, don't know the exact number, who because of the toxic chemicals at the site uh, they were inhaling, uh, they have passed away. And, of course, that's a, a very important issue right now to make sure they get the coverage. But um, just the number of 343 firefighters, some that I know that you knew, and uh, the other thing that you had to endure, not just the triage and some of the worst of the worst, you were there when people started jumping out of the windows. And I don't want to be too graphic because we're on all of our stations, but the people jumped to their death because of the fire. And uh, you had said that it sounded like uh, grenades going on. Like just, some, just lightly talk about it. Sound like being in combat with a hand grenade thrown about 50 feet or so away from you, maybe 100 yards away, and then you hear poof, 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 hmm. like that. And when the people hit the ground, obviously it was like a small explosion going off. But uh, about 250 people, I found out many years later, uh, jumped from the towers. But we've had 20 to 30 people, and I want to tell you this about the firefighters and the Whatnot, but in the firefighters in particular, we've had 20 to 30 people a year coming down with the cancers from the carcinogens and all that stuff, dying, dying every year. We're now on up to almost 2,000 people on top of the almost 3,000 that we had there that have died as a result of what they got sucking down all the cra- crap that they were there. The longer you were there, the greater the chances are that something has happened to you. Hmm. And um, how was it? How was it? Just just a quick comment about knowing that your brothers in firefighting defense were in the towers when the towers came down? Words couldn't even begin to describe the feeling. We were in shock. We were numbed. Uh, I can remember somebody coming on the radio and saying, my God, we need the Army. We need the Army here now. Um, This is what you were hearing on the radios. And uh, the police were saying it. The fire department was saying it. Um, the EMS people were saying it, and we got the Army to show up. I mean, they, they did finally uh, come down the streets. We had the National Guard there first, but nothing, nothing prepares you for this, Bill. Nothing, nothing you can even imagine. I've been in combat twice. Hmm. Nothing prepares you for something like this. Hmm. Nothing. So while the captain was uh, getting his engine uh, as close as he could, had to stop everybody Riding on top, riding shotgun, riding on 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 the side rails, hop off. Everybody's unloading the truck to carry it in because they can't get right up to the trade center. Um, at that early part of that dispatch, now we have the president who um, comes out. the the uh, The uh, motorcade has been rearranged, and uh, I remember the back of what we call the war wagon, and that's. A suburban that's not uh, kind of adjacent to the presidential vehicle, and they've got some interesting things like bazookas, rocket launchers, uh, whatever they got. 
And, Mark, uh, I was driving a van. I don't know that I've ever driven a van about 110, 120 <laughs> miles an hour. And uh, because we had nobody with us, it ended up that what we evacuated, we were in the package. And it was just towing out. And, man, and, and some of those streets around Booker are like the older brick roads. You remember that? Man, we were flying. And as you know, in a motorcade, you keep up. No matter what you do, you don't lag. You've got your distance. So talk about that because that was a wild ride. It was. Uh, part of my job was uh, the CODEL. I was in the congressional delegation. So I had gotten uh, Congressman Miller, who was there, and Congressman Adam Putnam. And I brought them I got them. I said, you kind of go sit in the vehicle and say, what's going on? I said, just sit in the vehicle. I'll listen on the radio. So we're sitting there. We they, we actually heard the president give his remarks from the from that van. So I'm I'm riding in the uh, uh, shotgun seat. Uh, somebody was driving. I'm in the shotgun seat. So we're sitting there listening. And then the motorcade takes off. And w- normally a motorcade goes at, you know, speed limit. But you don't have to stop because they got the red and blue lights that are escorting you. This one is going m- at least three times faster than flying. you normally go. Flying. 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 And I'll never forget, we had the radio on, and we're all listening to every word, and all of a sudden you hear, Hello, this is Ann Compton from ABC News, and I'm broadcasting live from the presidential motorcade going back to Sarasota Airport. And we go, oh, my gosh, she's right behind us and broadcasting. And talk about living history. We were mm-hmm. there while she's broadcasting this event. I told the congressman, I said, look, get out. Run to the plane. Get in there as fast as you can. We'll figure out how to get your luggage to you. And uh, that they, you know, they they did that. And we got somehow we got it. But a couple points on that. Usually the motorcade peels off and then the, then the Air Force One takes off. We didn't even restage the motorcade. We were sitting out there on the tarmac, mm-hmm. and Air Force One takes off forty five degree angle. Afterburners on, straight up, and I'm sitting there next to a van, a Secret Service agent crashing. He said, "Come with me," and I go, "What's going on?" He said, "You're going to get burned," and yep. it literally was peeling the paint off the motorcade vehicles because yep. it was right there. Yep, yep. And we pulled up. President got out, ran up. I don't say ran at full speed, but he jogged up the steps. Yeah. Everybody's running around. They're securing the plane, and and they they button the plane up, and before you know it, it's going, and it just it did it did go straight up. And what was interesting, after the fact, uh, as they were processing threats that morning, very soon thereafter, uh, every trip of the president, there's a, there's a separate code number for Air Force One, highly, highly classified secret. The code number was being, was being repeated in, in non-secure uh, radio traffic. Uh, that day, Air Force One was called Angel, and... There's traffic talking about Angel. So uh, one thing I vividly remember, they assembled, uh, must have been 50 or 60 staff of the Clearwater Airport, baggage handlers, everyone. And what they did was they formed a, a straight line across, and they staged right behind where Air Force was Air Force One was parked. And he's, he's, they're gone. They're in the air. They walked shoulder to shoulder everywhere it went, to the taxiway, all the way, and then walked the runway. It was uh, about a 45-minute exercise, and uh, we later learned that they did not know if somebody may have uh, attached a device to the side of the airplane while it was holding, and so they were looking for that. Now, what happened then was interesting because 
we were uh, nobody knew where the president was going. And so the president's up. Uh, he got the interceptors there, the F-16 uh, uh, package. He ends up going to Barksdale Air Force Base. But uh, until we got released, which was about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So when, when, there, when he arrived in Washington. When he touched the ground in Washington. Then we could go. Uh, until then, we were uh, held, uh, not held, but I mean, we were there waiting to see what, what assistance we might be well, able to give. Well, if you remember, our instructions were go back to the hotel, get out of your suits, Go to the to go to the shop and buy some uh, tropical clothes like you're just a tourist. Of course, here we got your get the, something to eat. Get I something remember to eat, getting and, a sandwich. Yeah, and, but they had secured the entire place, yeah. and we're sitting there with the guys from the military. You know, we heard a lot of s- stuff that was going on because we were sitting right there, but just waiting until they he landed in D.C. Now, I want to just share a little bit real quick, and that is, uh, so we had eaten. It seemed to me it was twelve thirty, one o'clock, something like that. Yeah. And uh, the different brand, the different department agencies that are working a trip, you'll have Air Force One Advance, you'll have Marine One Advance. So anyway, um, as I recall, we were on the floor, and the Air Force Advance guy walks out of the radio room, the walker room, and uh, he just walks out, and he just looked at us and kind of made a statement. Uh, we, he, actually, I think he sat down with us for a minute. Well, we may have just shot down a jetliner. I mean, there yeah. was a fog. Yeah. There was a fog. So he says we may have shot down that jetliner over Pennsylvania. Well, we had already been heard about Todd and those guys and taking it down. So we're sitting there really dumbfounded, which which continued on for a couple of years. I want to read a couple of things here. Um, so when the president was in the air, he's on the horn with Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice back at uh, the White House. In his memoirs, Decision Points, George W. Bush, and what I'm about to tell you is when this book was released was when Mark and I and others were finally released to tell the story that we have lived our lives wondering if yep. that plane was shot down and not taken down by the heroes. Absolutely. What George Bush writes uh, on page uh, 129, we needed to clarify the rules of engagement. I told Dick, he's in the air now, that uh, or he could have been at Barksdale. I told Dick that our pilots could contact suspicious planes and try to get them to land peaceably. If that failed, they had my authority to shoot them down. Hijacked planes were a weapon of war. Despite the agonizing costs, Taking one out could save countless lives on the ground. I just made my first decision as a wartime commander-in-chief. Now I want to just share, um, there was a fog. They didn't know what happened. He reports on page 131, Well, one report I received was true. A fourth plane had gone down somewhere in Pennsylvania. Did we shoot it down or did it crash? I asked Dick Cheney. Nobody knew. I felt sick to my stomach. Had I ordered the death of those innocent Americans? And that makes us, uh, Mark and I, to understand what the Air Force advance guy was saying. And I can tell you, all the years until this came out, we kept quiet. More of the Bill Bunkley Show with Mark Proctor and Captain Matt Bruce coming up. Don't go away. Jesus in 
I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And yes, I won. My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-691-9999. That's 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. Writing a Christian book, you're doing an amazing thing. Getting it all down on paper. But once you've got the manuscript, then what? Well, you can spend a year or more trying to find a publisher, or you can cut right to the chase. Make your book real with Zulon Press. Finding a publisher is time-consuming and uncertain. With Zulon Press, things are quick and definite. They specialize in one thing, helping Christian authors put their books in print. Zulon Press will publish your book. Zulon Press gets it into bookstores. Your book is on Amazon. Work with Zulon Press, and there's no question, you are a published author. If you're writing a Christian book, get your free publishing guide from Zulon Press. Just log on to ChristianPublishing.com. That's ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press, book publishing by Christians for Christians. Get your free publishing guide at ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press is a division of Salem Communications, the same people who bring you this nifty radio station. Looking for more than just a job? Searching for a career path with a higher calling? With a company who wants you for your life skills as well as your job skills? Find a career you can believe in. Find your true calling at ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com is the largest Christian employment website with thousands of job listings in the Christian sector. Get connected with outstanding employers that share your values and understand there's more to you than what's in your resume. I've always wanted to focus my energies in the Christian community because, to me, having a career means more than just a paycheck. ChristianJobs.com allowed me to apply all my skills in a meaningful way. Find your true dream job today at ChristianJobs.com. I found not only my dream job, but my calling at ChristianJobs.com. Once you see the long list of quality job opportunities available, you'll never settle for just a job again. Visit ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com. Here at Faith Talk, we are always amazed at what God does at our annual Pastors Appreciation Day event. Spirits are refreshed through fellowship and encouragement. 2019's event will be the best ever, and Pastor, we want you to experience it. So save the date, October 17th, for Pastors Appreciation Day at Armature Works in Tampa with keynote speaker Philip DeCourcy, an amazing meal, a vacation getaway giveaway, and so much more. Last year, the room was full. So reserve your seat today at letstalkfaith.com. If you drive an import, you might be concerned about taking it to anyone but the dealership for windshield glass replacement. Well, Auto Glass America can replace any windshield, domestic, Asian, European. Their techs are trained to keep up with the ever-changing windshield technologies. I'm a customer. I've used Auto Glass America. They'll come to your home or office. They handle it all. They'll pay you for the old windshield. The next time you hear that rock hit glass and the star appears, call Auto Glass America, 
glass 81396 glass auto glass america tell them mike gallagher sent you hey we're back bill bunkley along with mark proctor and captain matt bruce uh, reminiscing about our eyewitness uh, accounts of uh, where we were at at 9-11, just joining us, Mark Proctor and I, with the president uh, in uh, advanced detail in the motorcade and working with congressional delegation uh, with his visit, his visit to Sarasota. Captain Matt Bruce, uh, on the ground, fire captain uh, at the base of the South Tower. And uh, president has taken off. We're holding at the airport. They may bring him back to Sarasota. He may come back to Merrick McDo Air Force Base. We actually watched the, the towers coming down. In the back of the Delta ticket counter there at the Sarasota Airport, we were sitting on baggage uh, wheel, uh, you know, wheeling the baggage that they use to wheel the baggage around on a little eight or nine inch black and white TV the staff brought in for us. But, Captain Matt Bruce, you're on, uh, now you're at the base of the South Tower. Uh, you're making sure all the equipment comes, gets in. Tell us uh, not only what happened when the building came down, where were you at, and then a little bit about. The rest of the day when the buildings collapsed. Well, my incident commander at the scene was Battalion 11, and you'll hear the audio taste of Battalion 11 barking out orders and whatnot. I'd made it up to the fifth floor of the World Trade Center, figuring I was going up with my guys, and Battalion 11 came on the air and told me to go back down and make sure all the equipment that was down there got in the building to go upstairs. So I was down in the street, and all of a sudden you, you could hear and see debris just coming off onto the street, and... You know, I wasn't paying too much attention to what was going on. People started screaming, and then I could hear transmissions on my radio. Get out, get out, get out, get out. And and I turned and looked kind of like that, and I could see the building was coming down. You could see it coming down, dropping boom, 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 boom like that. That's what it sounded like, too, when it came down. And I had two choices, either die in the street or find something to do. And I dove underneath the truck that was right in front of me. and uh, Fire truck fire truck i dove underneath the truck i managed to get under it and i got all of my body under it except for and i'm showing about six inches of my right foot that's all that was out there and debris came down hit my foot hit my ankle almost tore my foot off at the ankle um i knew i was hurt but uh i just did what i could do once everything stopped and it seemed like it took forever to all all the debris to stop and to the noises to stop and the air packs were going off and I could hear alarms. I could hear uh, radios. I could hear people howling for help. Uh, one woman was in a fire truck somewhere. I have no idea where she was to this day. I don't know what happened to her. And it was just uh, unbelievable to, to, to the fact that my, my second in command, for some reason, was had come back down and was right there with me. And he pulled me out from under the truck and we cleaned off our, our mask and got all the debris and the soot and everything else off us. And we took a look around. Uh, I got my flashlight going around, and we counted 13 souls that were by us. Some of them were hurt really bad. Hmm. And we were able to stabilize them. And when things – and, again, I, I I lost all track of time. I don't. It could have been an hour. It could have been two hours. It could have been whatever. But I looked up just like I'm looking at that light right there, and we saw a little bit of daylight. And I told my lieutenant, I says, uh, you got to get up there. I can't get up there. You got to get up there, and you got to see if that's a way out. And our radios had a little nubby on them about yay tall. And he got up there, stuck the radio up there, and sure enough, got the signal out there and says, uh, uh, twenty uh, Captain 27, uh, Engine 2711, 
uh, here we are, you know, uh, 11, uh, 17, rather, uh, here we are, and gave us what we were, our location. And they brought a ladder. You probably saw scenes of ladders going out across the debris, and that's how they got us out. I was the last one out. All 13 people that were there, we we were able to, able to save their lives. And mm. to this day, I – and by the way, I met a guy the other night at an event that I was honored at. He was 20 feet from me, and we didn't know he was there. Huh. Captain Matt, and that's just the tip that's of the amazing. iceberg of yeah. his story. Thank you for not only your service uh, on 9-11, but thank you for your service, particularly in Vietnam, and we appreciate you being with us. Catch the captain overnight, 2 to 6 a.m. on AM 930, uh, AM 860, the Captain's America Third Watch. Uh, got a minute or so left, Mark. Uh, final thoughts from you about 18 years later. Yeah, uh, it was an amazing uh, uh, amazing. And again, I can almost relive minute by minute what was going on, and uh, it's quite incredible to be there with the president and and the security to see how that was all handled. Hmm. Well, Mark, I we've talked about it many times, and Mrs. Bunkley as well. Um, that is something that we'll take to heaven with us. Absolutely, uh, of being together on that day, and and, and in uh, fact, I, remember we all got on the and the we prayer circle. We had a prayer circle right there on the tarmac yep. after Air Force One took off, and. Uh, I'll just uh, go ahead. Before we went in, we had a we had underneath we had a, a whole group of firefighters, about fifty or hundred of us. We did our, we said a prayer there with a chaplain before we went in. Hmm. Well, those are three eyewitness accounts of nine eleven, and uh, your account is just as important of where you were at that day. Going to be signing off for the first hour, but I'll be over on AM five seventy. I'll be on AM eight sixty, and I'll be on. Um, FM 102.1 and 100.3. And I uh, want to tell you that it has been uh, an exceptional day uh, here. My final thoughts are this, is that, um, you know, we wake up every morning and we never know what the day is going to unfold. And what was uh, going to be a fun couple of days uh, get 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 a chance to go down and overnight with uh, the president and his folks, and he's going to be talking about education, and uh, he's right here in our area. And, of course, then Mark and I both have been friends uh, with Jeb Bush, and all of that was just like family. So for us, that, uh, that memory will never go away. All right, I'm going to be over on our Let's Talk Faith station. AM 570. Hope to see you on the other side. See you. Bye. Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? Taking vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and aqua powders is the best way to get vitamin C. Aqua Powder's vitamin C is delicious when added to water and provides you with 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C to boost your immune system and increase your energy. Transform your water into wellness with Aqua Powder's vitamin C, available at Amazon. That's Aqua Powder's with a Z, available at Amazon. Bible Line with Pastor Ralph Yankee Arnold. They don't know the Son. They don't know the truth of the gospel, how to be saved. They don't know God loves them. So God manifested it to us. But where does it say in the Bible that God hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness? Bible Line, weekday mornings at 10 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com.
Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. A choir singing at commemoration ceremonies at the Pentagon today on the 18th anniversary of the deadly September 11th terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. In Shanksville, Vice President Mike Pence tells the families of the victims of Flight 93 he and many others were standing in front of the U.S. Capitol at the moment it's believed the hijackers would have crashed into the building. I will always believe that I and many others in our nation's capital were able to go home that day and hug our families because of the courage and selflessness of your families, the heroes of Flight 93. Nearly 3,000 people were killed on that day. President Trump put the Taliban and other potential terrorists on notice during his 9-11 speech at the Pentagon. During remarks observing the September 11th attacks, the president mentioned the cancellation of peace talks with the Taliban in Afghanistan, and he delivered this warning. If for any reason they come back to our country... We will go wherever they are and use power the likes of which the United States has never used before. The president also said the U.S. has hit the Taliban harder than they have ever been hit before in the four days since the canceled meeting. Greg Clugston, the White House. The British government says U.K. citizens and businesses are not prepared for leaving the European Union without a divorce agreement. And a no-deal Brexit could see the number of trucks coming through a key channel crossing fall by half within a day. On Wall Street today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up by 227 points to 27,137. The Nasdaq rose 85. The S&P advanced 21. More on these stories at townhall.com. So when people first hear about MediShare, they have questions, some really good questions, starting with the obvious, what is it? Well, MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's not health insurance. It's a different way of doing things which leads us to the next question, why do people do this? Why do they become MediShare members? Here are two of the biggest reasons. Number one, people feel good about it. They're not trapped in a plan that makes them pay for things they don't believe in. They know their money is going to help people. And the second reason, people save a lot of money. Maybe you've heard us mention the typical family saves about $500 a month switching to MediShare. And one more big question, does it work? The answer is yes, a thousand times yes, or 400,000 times, since that's how many MediShare members there are, and they've shared over $2 billion in medical expenses. So easy to find out right now how MediShare can work for you. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. China's Taiwan Affairs Office has confirmed that a Taiwanese businessman who's been missing for more than three weeks after entering the Chinese city of Shenzhen from Hong Kong has been detained and is being investigated. Taiwanese businessman Morrison Lee, also known as Li Mengju, went missing on the 20th of August after entering southern China's Shenzhen city. He had gone to see protesters in Hong Kong two days earlier and had taken pictures of them, as well as Chinese military vehicles at the border, and sent them to his friend, a Taiwanese township chief. China's announcement today that Mr. Li is being investigated for allegedly carrying out activities that endanger national security came as a shock to his friends and family, who say he was an ordinary businessman who was not involved in politics. BBC correspondent Cindy Su reporting from Taiwan. 
Chinese border police have been searching smartphones and travelers' bags at the border. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Health officials across the country are urging people to stop vaping until there's an answer into hundreds of cases of lung injuries. Correspondent Jackie Quinn reports. Federal health officials are linking about half a dozen deaths and 450 cases of lung injury with the use of vaping devices. Houston's health authority, Dr. David Purse, says they've had several teens hospitalized. It needs to be thought of as an injury to the lungs by, caused by something in the vaping. It is not an infection. It does not respond to antibiotics. He says this is something new, and it's serious. Parents, you need to look out for your kids, find out what they're doing, educate them that this is dangerous. Researchers are looking for the cause and, in the meantime, urging prevention. I'm Jackie Quinn. A 50-year-old resident of Kansas was the latest fatality being linked to vaping, and there's talk of taking vaping off the market. More on these stories at townhall.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsborough, 813-287-5700 or toll-free, 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Good afternoon, West Central Florida. Welcome back to the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show on this very solemn day of remembrance. Today is Patriot Day. And uh, it is Patriot Day from a proclamation from our Governor Ron DeSantis that I will share in just a moment. But uh, it's a day that, uh, quite frankly, I, if you've been joining us, if you were with us for the first hour, I'm, I'm a little emotionally uh, spent at the, at the current moment. I'll, I'll move through that here in a few moments because uh, just, uh, just doing some hugging uh, and remembering and, um, you know, two, two guys that are just uh, very special individuals uh, for many reasons, but uh, certainly for uh, the... 9-11 experience and in a moment I'm going to share a little bit about what happened when terrorism struck now you probably know that from a spiritual point of view that uh, not only were all of the airplanes ordered out of the sky everybody was basically discharged from work who could be discharged from work and starting the afternoon of 9-11 at about this time Eighteen years ago, Mrs. Bunk and I were were released from our duties with the presidential trip uh, down in Sarasota, and we were driving back to Tampa. There weren't any cars on the road. Quite frankly, we know now, and it's part of what we shared, we actually left 
the uh, Colony Bay Resort, thinking that we may well have shot down the jetliner over Pennsylvania. And notwithstanding all of the stories, and my, my hat goes off in the deepest respect for those as reported who are the heroes to help take down that United Airlines flight over Pennsylvania. Uh, we've kind of lived with uh, a silence about the question, well, what really did happen that day? Did it happen the way the official story has been shared? So I want to tell you that when you have major events that uh, come your way in life, they can really affect you emotionally. And they can affect you spiritually. And uh, what's important is how do we handle those events when they come? I'll talk about that in just a moment. And I have a mind of our children. I can't imagine all of the kids. Today, they'd be 18 years of age, 17 or 18. But the kids that were with their moms and dads or whoever the evening of the 11th, 18 years ago, watching the video footage as the news media was working was working frantically to get the timeline down, to get all of the the ancillary stories down it was still developing as far as the whole timeline days after the event but i think about the children think about the children who who can be put into fear put into insecurity and and, you know we as adults do as well so i'm going to share a few verses but i wanted this hour to begin my um second hour i want to share with you the proclamation from the governor of the state of florida it was signed this day at the capitol in tallahassee september 11 2019 patriot day whereas on september 11 2001 our nation experienced a series of airline hijackings that led to the worst terrorist attack seen on the United States, and whereas Florida will always remember in honor the nearly 3,000 innocent men, women, and children whose lives were lost that day, and whereas our military, law enforcement officers, firefighters, first responders, and other emergency personnel show true heroism. And we can never thank them enough for the selfless courage they demonstrated in defense of our great freedoms. And whereas these brave men and women who defended their fellow Americans, as well as our nation's enduring truths, will never be forgotten, and their heroic actions are never etched into the pages are forever etched into the pages of our nation's history. And whereas that tragedy will always serve as a reminder of the United States of America's tremendous strength and resilience in the face of distracting loss. And whereas at Americans and Floridians, we must work together to ensure that such crimes are never again repeated and that our nation remains the land of the free. And whereas as one nation under God, It is our duty to pay tribute to the victims and heroes of the September 11 attacks, ensuring their memory lives on. 
And whereas by joint resolution, Public Law 107-89, approved December 18, 2001, the Congress of the United States designated September 11th of each year as Patriot Day. And by Public Law 111-13, approved April 21, 2009, the Congress of the United States has requested the observance of September 11th as an annually recognized National Day of Service and Remembrance. Now, therefore, I, Ron DeSantis, Governor of the State of Florida, do hereby proclaim Wednesday, September 11, 2019, as Patriot Day and a National Day of Service and Remembrance. I call upon the people of our great state to observe this day with appropriate ceremonies and activities and to observe a moment of silence beginning at 8.46 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time in honor of those who were killed on September 11, 2001 in New York, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. I hereby direct the flag of the United States of America and the state of Florida to be flown at half-staff from sunrise to sunset at all local and state buildings, institutions, and grounds throughout the state of Florida on Wednesday, September 11, 2019. Furthermore, I encourage all other government entities, interested groups, and organizations throughout the state to display the national and state flags at half-staff in observance of Patriot Day, a national day of service and remembrance. In testimony whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the great seal of the state of Florida to be affixed at Tallahassee, the capital this day, 11th, 11 September 2019. Governor Ron DeSantis, also signed by our Secretary of State, Laurel Lee. Got to tell you that uh, we will never forget. And uh, as long as uh, God has me in his service and he's appointed me to, to serve in this platform every year, we will not fail to remember this day. Because it is in forgetting so much about days like this that our young people are are moving on in, into life and leadership positions, and in some areas of their life, they're they're aimless and, and pretty ignorant because they haven't been taught. So we will keep that uh, that thought alive, and uh, we will honor all of those. As right now, heavy on my heart is the firefighters who have spent who spent a lot of time on that pile of rubble. And so many of them have come down with cancer, and uh, we need to take care of those folks. So what do we do the next time that we're hit? What do we do that we have another national tragedy? Now, what I'm talking about is a national terrorist tragedy or an invasion by a foreign power. Something that's hard to even fathom or think about as we place that in the category where that will never happen. But you know, as you and I, as followers of Christ, we really have a, a totally separate worldview. 
a totally separate way of processing and reacting to when a, well, a terrorist incident arrives. And I'm so reminded how a nation that hardly goes to church anymore, everybody was in church after 9-11. The aisles and the pews were, were overflowing. We came together as a people. We felt united as a family. The only problem is that didn't last real long. Because we have a short memory, just like the Israelites proved to us time and time and time again after they were released, after they began the exodus, all the way into the time that they were dispersed. And only now, since 1948, Israel has, uh, in God's timeline, has become a nation. And the Jews, as prophesied in the Old Testament, are coming home. But we have great challenges ahead of us. I'd like to share a couple of verses. You might want to jot these down. Put them in your, you know, emergency pocket of your Bible. You know, when terror hits us, when fear hits us because of terrorism, it's a very unsettling feeling. But at that time, we must remember the teachings, the instruction, the wisdom that the Apostle Paul was giving to his son in the ministry. And Paul was his mentor. And he was his disciple. And I'm talking about Brother Timothy. Well, Paul wrote a couple of letters. And in the second letter, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, there's some words that we ought to go to immediately upon these I'm putting him on the news and the fear and the terror that strikes us. In 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul wrote to Timothy, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Very important truth. Not just a self-help, not just... Ten positive things to do when when we get attacked again. No. It is praying this psalm, uh, this, this passage of a letter to Timothy, part of our inspired word of God, and lifting it up to the Lord. In Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2, we are reminded, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Now just think about that. If we had some sort of an atomic attack, some sort of outage of the grid, something that Well, caused an earthquake or caused something for 
mountains to be so disrupted that they collapse into the sea. That day, that moment, that hour certainly would be something that would have us all terrified. But we must remember that God is our strength and our uh, God, a refuge and our strength, and absent with the body, present with the Lord. If we are taken, we'll be with Him in paradise. And you know, sometimes, and this is for the children, for us to be mindful of the children of what they see on TV, from the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Verse 24 and 26. At night, here's a verse for all of us. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The Lord is our confidence. What a powerful promise. What a pillar of truth. When we are challenged to the core of our being with something as horrendous as being in the midst of a terrorist attack. A couple of more I want to share before we take a break. Hebrews 13.6. I want you to claim this one. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Well, man can only kill us. And then after that, it's heaven. Sometimes I think we lose track of that. And the last verse I want to share of some verses to have handy, if and when the day, God forbid, ever comes again, of a day like 9-11, that stunned this nation. Matthew, the 10th chapter, 28th verse. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. As we remember this day, Let us remember it from God's perspective. Let us remember how to combat personal fears, personal terror of terrorism by going to his word and praying these very scriptures. We've never been the same since 9-11. What we do to fly, what we do in areas of security, in some ways, they won. Because they have forced us to live lives 
lives with a little less freedom, and I still maintain that what people see on TV, video games, all the images, there are some, because of that technology, deranged will try to do their own copycat stunt. But never forget, the Lord is on his throne. He is all-powerful. All right, phone lines are open. If you've got something to share about 9-11, this is your chance to be a part of the program. 877-943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. If you'd like to share where you were at when you learned about the World Trade Center attack on the early morning hours of uh, September 11, 2001, give us a call. I'll be right back. Profile America, Wednesday, September 11th. This was a day that didn't exist in colonial America in 1752 as the familiar calendar underwent what is called the Gregorian Correction, switching from the ancient Julian calendar to adjust for errors accumulated over centuries. After September 2nd, the next day was September 14th. The British Parliament's Calendar Act of 1750 had also changed New Year's Day from March 25th to January 1st. As a result, the year 1751 had only 282 days. Since then, with leap years built in, as in 2020, the calendar has remained constant. Calendar production engages some of the country's 24,000 printing establishments, which employ around 390,000 workers. Profile America is in its 23rd year as a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Sometimes it may feel like the troubles of the world are pulling us down. When that happens, we should pick ourselves back up with the power of God's love. Godvine.com makes it easy to brighten even the darkest day with uplifting and inspiring videos and stories chosen especially for you to lift you up and strengthen you in your walk with Jesus. From powerful stories of healing, miracles, and angels to heartwarming videos of love, surprises, and joy to cute and funny videos that'll have you laughing out loud. Godvine has just what you need. For the best uplifting videos filled with joy, hope, and love to brighten your day, join millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. For a happier day right away, visit us at godvine.com. Godvine.com. That's godvine.com. Do you like winning prizes? How about getting sneak peek opportunities and offers before anyone else? Join the Faith Talk fan club today at letstalkfaith.com and gain access to incredible contest opportunities, free movie preview events, discounts, and more. If you're passionate about Faith Talk and want to be rewarded just for being a part of the Faith Talk community, sign up for the Faith Talk fan club today. Join the Faith Talk fan club by clicking the fan club tab at letstalkfaith.com. 
It's time to unpack all God has given you and discover a stumble-proof faith. Join David Jeremiah in Orlando on October 1st for the Everything You Need Tour, an evening of enriching study, practical teaching, powerful worship, and uplifting fellowship. Request your free tickets today and join David Jeremiah October 1st in Orlando at the Amway Center. Go to davidjeremiah.org tour or call 1-800-947-1993. 1-800-947-1993. Thanks for listening today to Faith Talk. We'd like to introduce you to a new radio program, The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Each weekday, Pastor Danny will walk you through the scriptures, verse by verse, passionately sharing the truth and hope of the gospel for a lost and dying world. Find out more at ccfstpete.church. The Living Word with Danny Hodges, weekdays at 1030 a.m. on Faith Talk, a.m. 570, 910, and at com. back bill bunkley here on the bill bunkley show i want to remind our pastors that coming up on october the 17th i hope that we're going to see you at our pastors appreciation time right here in tampa florida it's going to be at the armature works we're going to get things started at uh, about 9 30 in the morning and we're going to give you an opportunity to well to get a little bit of a continental breakfast for our pastors and uh, once that uh, takes place uh, we're going to have a chance to uh, let you um, have some free seminars to give you a great uh, education uh, in terms of some of the um, uh, issues and things that uh, might be able to be very, very helpful in your ministry. Then after our breakout sessions, uh, you're going to be gathering together all the while with literally hundreds of fellow pastors, many of who you know. We'll come back in to have our Pastor's Appreciation Luncheon. That's also free. Uh, Philip DeCourcy is going to be sharing a very special message with us that the Lord has laid on his heart. And that's about the time you're going to be able to see your free resource bag with all sorts of uh, uh, wonderful items in it. And Travel Cats is going to be giving away the grand prize of a cruise for two for uh, pastor and uh, spouse, and uh, we're also going to have a lot of uh, door prizes from the individual sponsors of the event, and we'll throw in some as well. So uh, you, you can come, but you can't come without a reservation. Go to letstalkfaith.com, pastor. This is for pastors only. Letstalkfaith.com, letstalkfaith.com. Let's get that uh, reservation in because seating will be limited, and I would hate for you to not be able to, well, have a place to join us. Well, last Friday, had a chance to talk with uh, our friends at Focus on the Family, and we were talking about a public service announcement about Bring Your Bible to School Day in October. I think that's October 11th. And Drew Brees with uh, the New Orleans Saints, the quarterback, a Christian uh, voiced that PSA because it was focused on the family. Uh, he has been absolutely uh, piled upon, yeah, by by the media, piled upon. Yeah, and uh, focus on the family. Well, you know who they are. They're not who they are by being vilified. You know, some of us 
have convictions about our faith. Some of us believe that Jesus Christ is the true Son of God. Some of us believe that there's only one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And some of us believe that the inspired Word of God that was uh, put together by uh, the Holy Spirit, that that is our guidebook for living. And so there are some areas of the principles in Scripture that certainly, um, you know, hit head on with some of the the cultural um, uh, experiences of the day. But focus on the family. Come on. They're known for, for preaching and supporting biblical principles. They hold to traditional marriage uh, guidelines as put forth by Scripture. And um, the idea here is that uh, they've been attacked once again. And uh, talking about that they're homophobic, they're this through that and the other. And so what happened was um, Drew Brees just just got hammered. And Drew Brees, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that the, um, the spot has been pulled, but uh, Drew Brees has retreated um, of his support. Uh, I don't know to what degree on focus on the family or what degree on this PSA, but... Um, Here's, here's a man that's got a job to do. It's now, what, 10, 11, 12 games of, uh, of an hour apiece of playing time? I mean, he's right now in the midst of doing his job that supports his family and provides him with the platform that he has. And so talk about a major distraction that he's just trying to help some kids find their way, bring their Bibles to school, be a witness to other kids, and, uh, I mean, he gets sacked. It's as if he didn't have any linemen at all. And people are drawing conclusions uh, about Drew. Um, and one thing we've got to remember, that uh, a person like Drew Brees, who has a national platform, they... I am absolutely sure he was totally unprepared for this attack. And if you've ever seen a quarterback where two or three, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, you'll see two or three linemen either miss their assignments or the defenders have outmaneuvered them. I mean, you see that scramble, you see that look of terror, like, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, boom, you're sacked. Well, that's a good analogy for what happened to Drew Brees. And so uh, I'm not going to criticize him. If he has uh, uh, pulled back somewhat, he's got a job to do. I don't think that uh, he's one less of a Christian. But it just uh, gives you an idea that when you're going to get into that arena, when you are going to get into the arena and to stand for biblical principles, you have to be prepared for a fight. And uh, I've been in that arena for a lot of years and uh, have uh, endured uh, a lot of different, uh, well, let's just say episodes. And um, God's got to call you to it. You got you to be called to stuff like this. I don't know whether Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees was certainly called to make the PSA. I don't think that Drew Brees was called to defend everything Christian in America today from those on the left that 
have uh, really mastered the art of personal destruction and personal attack. But uh, nonetheless, that's where we find ourselves. 877-943-9673. We have uh, Bonnie calling in. Bonnie, I think you want to talk about the the Big Easy's quarterback, huh? Yes, I do. Um, I would like to say to people, come on, let's stand up and support him. Not so much about supporting football um, because I've backed off from football. I used to love football. I can't stand it anymore. I don't care whether it plays or not. But I think just the way Christians stand up and support Chick-fil-A when they're attacked all the time, okay, let's stand up and support this man who had the guts to stand up and try to get something good happening in children's lives instead of, oh, I don't know, beating his wife or doing drugs or, you know, fast cars or getting drunk or womanizing. Can I go on with the list? On and on and on. This just really makes me angry that, you know, all these other people can have their right to say their piece, but somebody that stands up and says something that wants to get something good into children's lives has to be squashed. Mm, I got a problem with that. Well, I'd like like to also add to that that um, I happen to know that when Hurricane Katrina struck New Orleans, there were folks like Drew Brees um, who put substantial resources, spent a lot of time. Danny Werfel, former quarterback of the Florida Gators, who had a ministry there, still does in New Orleans. You know, the sad part about it is Drew Brees has done so much for that community and community affairs. But uh, all of that goodwill built up through the years, building up that goodwill bank account, I mean, it was as if there was no contributions to that whatsoever, the way that he's been attacked the last uh, 24, 48 hours. And for that, it's sad, but it's a very important education lesson for the rest of us. That is the hostile world that we live in. Amen to that. And the thing of it is, is um, also look at what they did with, I can't remember the young man's name from the Gators. Um, they actually ran him out of football because of his, uh, Christian belief, but he's playing baseball now. Um, yeah, we Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, thank you. I forgot his name, but Gator fans uh, would not allow me to forget that name. Well, uh, I'm a Gator fan, and I'm I'm ashamed that I forgot it. There but, you go. Um, well, it, it just really makes me angry that Christians are not standing up. Go on his Facebook page. Come on, congratulate him. Stand up for him. And tell his teammates, shame on you. All right. I got it, and it got out. Thank you, Bonnie, for being with us this Thank afternoon. Thank you. 877-943-9673. We're going to take a break right now and check in with SRN News. Anthony is up next on the Bill Bunkley Show, but I have an open line just for you. W262CP, Bayonet Point. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Nearly half the states and some 2,000 local governments have agreed to a tentative settlement with OxyContin maker Purdue Pharma over the toll of the nation's opioid crisis. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brinovich said the agreement reached Wednesday 
included more money from the family that owns Purdue than had been offered previously. Sources say that Stanford, Connecticut-based Purdue will pay up to $12 billion over time and that the Sackler family will give up control of the company. The federal government will act to ban thousands of flavors used in e-cigarettes. That word comes from President Trump in response to a recent surge in underage vaping that's alarmed parents, politicians, and health authorities nationwide. On Wall Street, the Dow by 227 points. The Nasdaq rose 85. The S&P advanced 21. More details at srnews.com. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765. Hey, one of my first gifts as a new Florida resident was a beautiful star on my windshield, courtesy of the Howard Franklin Bridge. But my friends at the office here told me to go to auto glass america wow auto glass america took care of everything from the paperwork with my insurance company to installing the windshield they came to the studios in less than an hour they put in a brand new windshield while i was doing the radio show wish everything was this easy when you hear stone hitting glass and the windshield star appears call 81396glass 81396glass auto glass america tell them mike gallagher sent you diabetes high blood pressure anxiety meds everyone's on them if you're a 50 year old male maybe a bit porky and you may even have type 2 diabetes a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month call term provider speak with big lou at 800-444-2013 big lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure term provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-444-2013 13. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. By following Jesus, you can discover who God's created you to be and what he's created you to do. Discover more Saturday mornings at 1030 during Following Jesus with Pastor Joe Harris, pastor of Calvary 813. God's created you to live a passionate life that's fulfilling and fruitful. Learn more at followingjesusradio.com. And don't miss Following Jesus with Pastor Joe Harris, Saturday mornings at 1030 on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and online at letstalkfaith.com. Chances are there'll never be an emergency ever again. But just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. Who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Well, this is great. (laughs) I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. 
Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency, who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. The Bill Bunkley Show. Wrapping up the final few moments here before uh, I head out to uh, spend some time with the Lord on our Wednesday night service. But uh, Anthony's standing by. Phone lines are open, 877-943-9673. Anthony, it's 9-11, a day of remembrance. Welcome to the Bill Bunkley Show. God bless you, brother. Thanks for you and uh, brother Bruce. And uh, and all the others who have brought up this uh, to uh, for us not to forget. I know it's been 18 years, but we need we need to recognize our enemy, Satan, the uh, destroyer of souls. And mm-hmm. I think when we start uh, forgetting those who uh, preach uh, a doctrine of hatred, uh, espoused and presented by a demonic. Uh, Beings, then we have to pretty much uh, put up the defense and, and, and speak out against it. I think sometimes we, we come too uh, lackadaisical. We, we get too polite. Uh, we don't necessarily have to be rude, but we have to present the truth. Uh, we're we're going to get opposition because of that. And I think, let me segue into the, the situation with Drew Brees. And I think Christians forget to count the cost before they, they, they get into the conversion from the world into uh, into the faith, uh, they, they seem to not count the cost of what they're going to be facing in this world. And I think um, that I think I think Christians need to do that. I need to count the cost before they they say anything, especially those in the uh, public eye. You have to you have to know that you're going to get. A backlash. You're going to get uh, opposition, and for for my my for what I was read, he's kind of kind of backtracked a little bit. And I think uh, he didn't know who, who focus in the family was, uh, what they were about. Uh, for him to get involved with the PSA uh, and just the whole issue of even uh, uh, promoting take the Bible to to school day, he should have known that there's going to be opposition from those who are anti-God, uh, the atheists, the, 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 the LGBT crowd, uh, the leftists. So uh, we need to... But, but you know, Anthony, I'm hopping in, I'm hopping in. You know, you are, you are absolutely right. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I know you're informed, I'm informed, and we have a handful of Christ followers that are informed. But I tell you, there's, there's a whole, there's a fair amount of people who wouldn't even realize that that kind of backlash would come along because we all tend to be in our little cocoons, our church memberships. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I, I promote that. But, you know, I, I just think they should know. They just don't know. I mean, that's the naivete that's out there with so many of uh, 
of the folks who don't engage or don't want to step their foot into the water of controversy. So, and I just going to say this, I, I am, I am not going to criticize Drew Brees. I am going to say that I could be wrong, but in my spirit, I have a hard time being at ease that he doesn't, <laughs> he didn't know who focus on the family was, didn't know what their ministry was all about. And didn't have any idea about bringing a Bible in any way, shape, or form onto a school campus, a public school campus, was going to be, you know, like, uh, you know, going on a field trip to, uh, you know, the Superdome with uh, with a high school class. I think the thing is, uh, I think we've lost perspective of who we're supposed to be following. Great that he's he's lifting up the, the whole issue of uh, kids taking his their Bibles to school, and uh, people backing Drew Brees because he's sort of uh, a certain percentage of, of his uh, opinion was in defense of God and the Bible. But I think, I know as a, as a new Christian, not having a church at the time, all I, I was given was a King James Bible, and I read through it, uh, and I came to, to realize, you know, I, I'm right now in that position. I'm walking solo, and 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 just God, the Spirit, and myself. And I, and I didn't have you know there were preachers that I would listen to on the radio when I got tuned into it all, but the main our main leader is the Spirit. The, what right. we need to dig into is the Bible, not what some I mean. There's Christian artists who are dropping out of the scene. They're dropping out of Christian music. Um, some of them don't even know uh, certain basic principles of what the, 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 uh, Jesus taught, as far as uh, you know, lifestyles or purity or morality. Uh, that's 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 embarrassing, brother. That's that's really, and they have the attention. That's why we repeat those principles day in and day out on this show because. Too many people are, um, you know, kind of taking the easy believism, and it's not really scriptural. Sure. Well, well, we need to teach our kids. It's great you listen to the music, but don't make these individuals your main go-to good word for truth. That's a good word. Absolutely. All right, Anthony. I'm gonna. Great. I'm gonna. I want to give a little update on Benjamin Netanyahu. But hey. You're you're always uh, spot on, right on. I thank you for your comments this afternoon. Have a have a great night. That's uh, that's Anthony. Yes. All right. Let's go. I want to get this in because you may not know it, but let's go to the international page. That uh, um, there's about a week, less than a week, and Israel is going back for national elections. Take two. And yes, President Benjamin Netanyahu is one of the candidates. He's running against a a lesser known, real lesser known candidate. We'll wait and see what happens. But he sort of stirred things up again, and that's because he uh, announced that uh, he is close to uh, rolling out a plan to make uh, biblical Judea and Samaria lands, some lands that Israel does not uh, have jurisdiction over at the moment, that he wants to uh, not only annex them, but he wants to be building some housing there. Um, He said, and I quote, Today I am announcing my intention to apply with the formation of the next government, Israeli sovereignty on the Jordan Valley and the Northern Dead Sea. Now, if any of you have been to Israel, whether with me or with some of the other fine trips, 
Everyone has driven down the western road on the western shores uh, of the Dead Sea. And as you come back up from the Dead Sea, of course, um, Masada is on your left. And then you go a little bit further and you have Engedi on your left. And a little bit further, you have the caves of Qumran on your left. And you might notice that if you're going to uh, go into Jericho, you will go through a checkpoint in your automobile or whatnot. And because you're going into uh, Palestinian uh, controlled lands. And for those of us that are there uh, on, on tourism uh, business, uh, we are welcomed into all of those areas because those areas, uh, whether it's Palestinian or Jewish, they welcome tourists because of the dollars they bring into the local communities. But if you remember, and I remember succinctly from the last couple of years, the last trip I took, uh, remember pulling up to that checkpoint, and you go through that, and it isn't too long before you uh, pull in by uh, air-conditioned motor coach into the uh, ancient city of Jericho, where, um, yep, where the walls came tumbling down. Well... If you were to look at the ancient boundaries that God gave Abraham, uh, Israel's footprint today, the postage stamp footprint that it has, uh, that is certainly not, N-O-T, not what uh, they had in mind in terms of the original uh, Israelites under Abraham. So, um, obviously, that's going to be condemned by the Arab League. It's going to be condemned by the United Nations. Now, remember that President Trump, I think shortly after the elections of next week, he's going to be rolling out his plan for peace in the area. Let, let me go out on a limb, okay? I don't like to go out on a limb, but I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say that they're not going to like his plan. Not really? now. Now, I'm taking a big chance by saying this. <laughs> but I just, oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about the... The, uh, the president's plan for how to end the Israeli-Palestinian uh, stalemate. What, the Arab universe will hate it or the left? Yes. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for yet other groups. But, but anyway, um, we'll see what the president is going to offer. Uh, the Palestinians aren't going to go for that. Look, understand, and, and, and let me tell you, I have nothing against peace-loving Palestinians, just like I have nothing against peace-loving Israelis. I have nothing against peace-loving Americans. I have everything against Palestinians that resort to terror, Jews that resort to terror, and Americans who resort to terror or terrorist activities for all three. But uh, look, from Yasser Arafat all the way back to the Camp David Accords in the 70s with Jimmy Carter, they could have had peace. They could have had a bigger footprint than what they want right now. It was all on the table. And Yasser Arafat, who built his own people of millions and millions and millions of dollars that came into that area for foreign aid, well, it's now being drawn down in French bank accounts 
that he left to his bride, his wife. They could have had peace. They don't want to have peace. What they want is, is just like you can read in Old Testament, you can look it up. They want to drive Israel into the sea. They want to destroy the nation of Israel. That's the only thing that they're going to be satisfied with. Well, I'm going to go remember at my place of worship, 9-11. Do some reflection, do some praying, and hope that you will think about uh, that day as well. Coming up next, my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, senior pastor, Ottawa Baptist Church, and host of his radio ministry, Living Truth. Selfie is the title. Selfies coming up, part B, part two of a two-part series. That's next on this dial. Don't touch that dial. Well, for all of you, thank you for being part of our special members today. I'll be back tomorrow at 4. Until then, have a wonderful evening. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.